Hey, this is Matt Lodi, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on DomainCleveland.com. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. You're listening to today's Boondoggle with your host, the one and only Bill Bailey on Domain Cleveland Radio. Hey everybody, it's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. And today I have a very special interview. I'm sitting down uh, talking with Matt Lodi. And he is a uh, Cleveland sports writer, uh, reporter, journalist, multimedia guru, um author i mean there's just so much accolades uh i can throw out here and and we'll get to them but uh one of the big ones is you know he's a cancer warrior right now too and uh we're going to talk a lot about a lot of stuff his his uh everything that he's uh done in the sports and wrestling world which is something i'm excited about but also his his uh faith journey and uh his health battle so uh i give you matt Lodi. Uh oh! <laughs> As I quickly destroy your microphone, hey Bill, thanks for having me. First off, and uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. I'll give you everything that you said except for guru. I'm not really sure what I'm a guru of, but it's been a long journey both uh, on the radio and and the uh, multimedia side, and now on the cancer side here this last year. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a year. I didn't think 2019 would quite be this way, but. You know, as they say, you wouldn't have it any other way. So we're sitting here today uh, getting close to Christmas, and, and things are good. So can't complain. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have to say thank you for allowing me into your home sure. to do this. No uh, problem. We originally set up for the Panera, and there was loud Christmas music and the speakers <laughs> and a bunch of uh, – you know, housewives meeting up with their friends. Yeah, I was a little afraid of that, especially street, this time of year. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we got uh, the sound quality will be a lot better. Absolutely. But uh, so, you know, my our, our mutual friend of ours, Dom, Rini, yeah, Dom um, yeah. connected us because, you know, he's been hearing and liking what I've been trying to do with the with my podcast and sure. everything. And you've got a, a very inspirational story. But, uh, you know, before we get into that, I want to kind of talk about uh, like your your beginnings. Like sure. When you first, uh, you know, knew that, uh, you know, sports was your thing, uh, your early days and like getting into wrestling and then sure. wanting to, you know, become a writer and a journalist well I was raised in a sports home um, dad and you know mom and dad you know my dad of course a big sports fan I have three older brothers all sports fans um, my earliest memories as a youngster you know really kind of you know surrounded by sports you know whether it's playing little league baseball or you know uh, we were a big football family so the Browns every Sunday or, or you know whatever NFL team at that time was you know, was on TV. I remember that pretty vividly as a youngster. Um, 
and yeah, I, I you know, just kind of got raised into it, you know, uh, Cavaliers, Indians, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, always enjoyed, uh, you know, that aspect of it brought our family together. You know, sports is something that, you know, can divide us as people, you know, see that on Twitter every four seconds, but it also can bring you together. So back then before social media was even invented, um, it was fun to, to sit around on Sundays and watch the NFL games or, as I said, the Indians, even though they weren't very good back in those days or the Cavaliers who actually did have some good years back then. Um you know, throughout the course of growing up, you know, went into high school in high school over here at Parma High School, which is only a couple streets away, got involved in um, doing some audio visual stuff. And that's when I sort of started to find my voice uh, in broadcasting a little bit because they, they kind of needed somebody to broadcast. Um, when I say broadcast, I should just say more public address announce the basketball games. And I really enjoyed doing it. It was kind of like a a cool thing on a Friday night to announce a boys Parma basketball game, you know, just announce the players as they would score the starting lineups. And, um, you know, by the time I graduated, a lot of people were like, wow, you're really good at that. You got a great voice. You should do it, you know, moving forward. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to go in the military. I couldn't because of a back issue and some other things. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, where it wanted to lead me. And sure enough, one afternoon I was sitting around my, my parents' house and I saw a commercial for at that time, it was called the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. It's now known as the Ohio Media School up on Rockside Road. And I was like, wow, you know, broadcasting. I never really thought about it. You know, it's there's a degree of, you know, fame and fortune and you hear all the stories and everything. And I was a big Jim Rome fan at that time and, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, wow, you know, I'll try it out. And, you know, it was a nine month course. Um I took it and I did, you know, what they thought was very well. I got a job right out of school. I was actually working at that time um, right out of right out of broadcasting school as a 19-year-old uh, down in uh, Skylight Office Tower, which, of course, is Tower City down, down in Cleveland, um, for a guy who's still on the air today and is a mentor of mine and I still, you know, give a lot of credence to when it comes to broadcasting is Tony Rizzo. Uh, I was Tony's producer uh, for the show he had on WHK, which was an all-sports station. Cool. Guys like it was Tony Rizzo. It was Les Levine, who I still talk to every once in a while to this day. Uh, Dan McDowell was a name that, that some Cleveland sports fans may remember. He's now in Texas. Pat McCabe, who went on to be a teacher, I believe, at Laurel School. Um, you know, I knew a lot of those guys, and it was also interesting because back then, WHK was owned by Carl Hirsch, who has since passed away, and he also owned Magic, which is 105.7, but he also owned WMMS, and MMS was right next door to us. It was literally down the hall, so I got to know, you know, Brian and Joe, you know, Brian Fowler and Joe Cronauer, who I still talk to Brian to this day every once in a while, um, you know, BLF Bash, who was the voice, you know, him, of course, along with, um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting the guy's name who was the, the, the big voice on MMS? But, you know, I got to know all those guys, uh, you know, Rich Kane, uh, who did overnights. And, you know, it was kind of an education, you know, even at 20 years old and 19, 20 years old, getting to know all these, like, you know, old school, you know, profound broadcasters and getting to learn how the industry, you know, really worked. Len Hauser, that was the, or Len, Len Boom uh, Goldberg, that's his name, Len Goldberg. He was the voice at MMS, sorry. But anyway, um, so I worked at HK for a little while. They eventually got sold to Salem Communications, which is a religious broadcasting who still own them to this day. Moved to Canton for a couple years, worked there for a small mom and pop station that doesn't even exist anymore. But while I was doing all that, 
I was also working uh, games. I would go to Indians games, and I would go to Cavaliers games. Browns were not here at that point. They would move to Baltimore. Mm. Um, I was working for a couple of, like, networks. I got these gigs while I was working at WHK. You know, hey, if you're going to the Indians game tonight, you want to call in with a couple of updates, we'll give you 30 bucks. Places like uh, one-on-one sports, which became Sporting News Radio, which became Yahoo Radio, which is now SB Nation Radio, all these places. You know, they go off and they become five different things. Uh, Sports Fan Radio Network, which was uh, actually out of the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I worked for them for quite a while. Um, And then eventually a broadcaster who, again, is still prevalent to this day in our industry here in Cleveland, Greg Brenda, saw that I was there on a pretty much nightly basis and was like, hey, I've got a gig with Associated Press. I don't want to be here tonight. You want to work the game? Yeah, sure. So there were times at Indians games back in the mid-90s where I could go and make $100, and that was like a dream come true. You know, I was going to the game for free, sitting in the press box, covering the games, you know, talking to the players, getting interviews, sending in cuts, doing updates. It was it was literally a dream come true. You know, I mean, I couldn't networking. It it was awesome. Yeah. I got to meet so many people, guys that I'm still friends with to this day, like Paul Hoynes and Jim Ingram and Sheldon Ocker guys that, you know, wrote for places like the Akron Beacon Journal and the Plain Dealer, um, and the Chronicle Telegram, you know, guys like that. And, um, you know, covering games really was my forte. It was what I really got to be kind of like known as. It's like, you know, so it was great. I got to do stuff like the NCAA tournament. I got to do, you know, the Super Bowl back in 07 and 09, Um, you know, things like that. And, you know, you just keep, you know, as I told my students, as I became a teacher at the broadcasting school, eventually you just, you know, you got to get up every day and go to work. You know, you can't tell broad in this industry. And I know it's, you could say this about almost any business, you know, your work ethic has got to be such to where you can't afford really to take many days off, you know, and putting in the miles. I mean, you're counting Canton at that time. You're driving a Cleveland game. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just every, it's okay. You know, getting three, four hours of sleep and which I don't necessarily recommend, but that was how it was back then, you know? And, you know, it, it, it became it became part of me to want to be successful in the industry. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do you become you know great at something? And I tell people it to become great. You first got to be good, you know, and to become good, you got to be consistent. And a lot of it is just showing up and being there and, you know, not burning bridges and all that other type of stuff. And, you know, and, and really and I know we'll talk more about it in a little bit with this cancer battle I had over throughout the course of 2019. You know, I heard from people I hadn't heard from in 15 years, you know, and and what that showed me wasn't it it showed me more, of course, about the, you know, how people really do remember you. But it also showed me that, you know, oh, it's good to, you know, your character is one of those few things that you 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 have to have and you you can't you know, you can't allow your character to get damaged along the way. And if it does get damaged a little bit, find a way to repair it. You know, if you have a bad relationship with somebody in the business or at a work or at a job or whatever, find a way to repair it. You know, it's only life is only so long. And, you know, and I I mean, I've had some ups and downs with people, but for the most part, I always wanted to help people out and always, you know, be nice to people, I guess, if you will. And it's just amazing. It just amazes me even to this day. Like there's just so many people that don't want to take the time to do that. So, um, as I digress a little bit, that was sort of like, you know, as I moved along in my career, sort of like the whole, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the journey, the travel, if you will, um, worked at a ton of different places, 2000 fast forward a little bit to 2011 got hired as the first Indians beat reporter at 92.3 the fan which of course still exists to this day did that for two and a half years um 
authored a couple books during that time, two on the Steelers, one on the Browns, um, through a couple different companies, uh, started a couple websites uh, that I still own to this day with my business partner, who's out in uh, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, um, you know, have had opportunities at like places like Channel 5, you know, their website, uh, you know, just, you know, it's, as I said before, it's, you know, you get to know people, you get to network so much. And that's yeah. really a cool aspect of, of our business as far as the, the radio slash media business is you get to meet so many great people. Um, you know, sure, you get to talk to players, but those aren't your friends. I mean, the people that you're with every single day in the trenches that you work with are the real people that you should, you know, have those relationships with, you know. Yeah, and so. it seems like uh, today it's like fewer and farther between that you actually have radio personalities. Right. It is more, because you know? it's a business that's fleeting a little bit. Um, you know, satellite radio has really, you know, changed our industry a great deal. But, you know, the terrestrial radio side, the AM radio side especially, has taken a lot of hits because, you know, everything now is digital and podcasts like what you do. And, you know, and that's great. I mean, I think I always think and I tell I tell my students all the time, you know, what you're doing right now will be totally different in five years. You know, if you. Oops, sorry, that's the dog. He barks at. I guess he didn't like the fact that things will change in five years. He may not be here in five years. He keeps barking at me. But, you know, I mean, things will be, things are always different. They always, you know, things mature, they change, they develop. I mean, you know, Twitter, you know, Facebook, you know, back five, 10 years ago was MySpace and Friendster. I mean, things have changed our industry wow, so much. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. Like, you know, I we were watching some old YouTube clip yesterday, my wife and I, and they had said like it was about it was a little bit about MySpace, and they had said at one point MySpace had like ten million users. I mean, think about that. I mean, and and now you think about it, or you say the words MySpace, and people kind of laugh. They're like, yeah, what a what a bunch of what a loser company or whatever. That was like the most successful company there was for a little while, oh, but yeah. because Facebook blew it out of the water, we tend to forget about it. And now Twitter, and forget about that. Now you've got things like TikTok, and uh, of course Instagram is the the other one and you know you have all these other you know social networks so things will change even in our industry the media industry things will change and I think part of it that I try to convey to students all the time is are you willing to develop are you willing to grow mature yeah, and change adapt and overcome right? and a lot of that is I think you know and again talking a lot about you know as we get into talking about faith and and again what I went through as far as cancer and everything like that a little bit about that is is life too are you willing to adapt are you willing to adjust you know I mean you can't be the same person you were 10 years ago five years ago you know so but that's a little bit about my journey um you know my new venture that uh, actually will be starting here pretty much within today or tomorrow uh, we're waiting for a launch is is my new venture with sports illustrated i just got hired um about a month and a half ago as their new indians reporter for 2020 and hopefully beyond congratulations um thank you um it's an exciting venture uh they got bought out by a company called maven uh, Maven Communications, and uh, they've kind of relaunched their brand, which was sorely needed. Sports Illustrated, for as, how can I say it, historic as Sports Illustrated is, they're a brand that everybody knows, but yet they're a brand that was a little bit behind the times, and they needed to sort of change some things. So they have uh, gone out and hired about 240 writers, and they will have uh, a, a writer for every team, which is kind of the, the end thing to do. Uh, a good friend of mine, Sam Amico, who runs the Cavalier side for, for Sports Illustrated now, recommended me for the job, and 
talked to the guy after. It was actually interesting because I had just gotten out of the hospital after my transplant when I spoke to him the first time, and they liked what they saw in me and the fact that I'm there pretty much on a daily basis. And, yeah, so we're going to start that venture. So I'll be out in Arizona in March for a week and, uh, you know, on the road with the team a little bit in the summer. So it'll be fun. That's awesome. Um, It's a great – and as I said, I've told people this before, and and everybody kind of agrees – you know, if, if I was to tell if I was to tell you what I do for a living and then one day been like, well, I don't want to do it anymore, there'd be a thousand people that would want to do it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And that's when you know you have a good job. When, you know, you could say that you do this for a living or you do that for a living and some people would be like, ah, I would, I, would, I would like to try that. But if you tell people, oh, yeah, you're in sports and you get to go to Indians games and Cavs games and Browns games and everything, a lot of people would be like, can I do that? You know, and that's cool. I, I, get, I get a kick out of that, you know. And get, you know, behind the scenes, pull the curtain back a little sure. bit, get to know the players, you know, what mm-hmm. makes them tick, you know, yeah, I mean, you've, I've, the human been, side to it. What's right. What's story? No, there's know? no question. And I've gotten a chance throughout the last 25 years, uh, more so on the Indian side, because you're there so much more, um, to get to know some of these guys, like you said, on a personal level. Um you know, I don't I don't like to, you know, it's not a kiss and tell type thing by any means, but, you know, you get to know, um, you know, even some of the lesser players, you know, even some of the like relief pitchers and guys like that. And a lot of them have great stories, you know, about growing up and, you know, doing this and how they got involved in baseball and, you know, struggles that they've had, you know, yeah. players like that. Um you know, guys like Travis Fryman, Sandy Alomar, you know, of course, Jim Tomey, uh, a legendary player for the Indians. Sandy Alomar now even as a coach, uh, as a, as a, as the first base coach, uh, you know, guys like that. It was, it's always so much fun to, to go back and to think about some of the conversations we have with those guys and, and relive some of those memories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like fans can sit there and they can make a judgment about the person's performance and, you know, or you know, the contracts that they're getting and sure. stuff like that. But it's like when you know the, you know, the hard work that it took to get yeah. to where they're at and the the, the basic struggles, they're, they're humans just like us, but right. they persevered, you know. And well, those are the and the interesting thing, too, is, you know, when you talk about these guys in terms of, you know, of course, everybody, when you talk about a pro athlete, the first thing everybody wants to talk about is how much money they make. And I understand it, especially when, you know, a lot of us go to work every day and maybe we're not making a third of what they make or in some cases of a tenth of what they make. Right. But the thing we tend to forget is, number one, a lot of that is very fleeting. You know, a lot of I mean, what the, the average career for an NFL player is three years, four years. You know, I mean, that's yeah. three years. Think about three years of your life. That's it. Um, baseball could be even less, you know, when you think about the fact they got to go through three minor league systems just to get to the majors, you know. So, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, everybody, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, you know, I mean, obviously, like in baseball, Garrett Cole just got a, a, a just a ridiculously massive deal from the Yankees. That's all fine and good. But on the other hand, um, you know, that's only a small part of their life that you think about, you know, yeah. you don't know the struggles they go through and the families and, and things like that, you know. So it, it's something a lot of times and I understand why fans don't think about it, because unfortunately, as the media, what do we what do we harp on a lot? We harp on what how much money they make. I mean, it's part of it's part of the business, you know, but it, it's something that's changed. If you really go back to look at like you know, even go back to like the thirties and forties, money was never talked about, you know, nowadays it's the number one thing. It's just very different. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit too about another, uh, sports that we, we both enjoy, sure. uh, professional wrestling, we yeah. a little bit off camera about, uh, you know, some of the events we, we, we've gotten uh, to attend, right. Got to attend yeah. at Ridgefield Coliseum back in the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe share a little bit about, you know, when you first uh, fell in love with that. 
Uh, yeah, you know, I was I, as a young kid. You know, you just flipping around the channels, and this was like in in the cable's infancy back in like ninety ninety. Or I'm sorry, not like eighty five, eighty six, around that time frame. Um, and I remember seeing pro wrestling, and I didn't know a lot about it. You know, it's just, but you'd see. You know, of course, the the one that you know, and I shared this with you earlier. The one, that, of course, that everybody remembers if, if you were around that time frame, who was larger than life was Hulk Hogan. Um, and I remember very vividly the lead up to the first WrestleMania, you know, and I didn't know how I could watch it or how I could see it. But, you know, here it was interesting because it was on a Sunday afternoon and, and they, they told you pretty much, you know, hey, the only way you're going to see this is either a, a closed circuit TV location or, you know, talk about infancy pay-per-view was like yeah. not even heard of. And here, I like remember their WTBS used to have, of course, uh, uh, sometimes on Sundays they'd have a, a six o'clock show. I remember, of course, they had it on Saturdays too. But here, I thought that would be WrestleMania. So here, I'm turning it on, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be WrestleMania." And I'm like, "This isn't WrestleMania," you know. So I was kind of like a little bit devastated, you know. But then, of course, as you you know get a little smarter and a little older, you realize that, oh yeah, the only way I'm going to get to see this is either if I go to a location and watch it, or if I get it on pay per view. And you know, being nine years old, we weren't getting pay-per-views so um you know i remember wrestlemania one remember wrestlemania two but of course again didn't see it live the first one i got to see live was wrestlemania three i remember it like yesterday my father came home on a friday he bought flowers for my mom he must have done something wrong he was a police <laughs> officer so maybe he just was gone too much or something and he he, he gave me a two tickets for him and i to go to the old, which is now not even there, in Boston Mills, the Front Row Theater, oh, um, which wow. was this little 5,000-seat theater, and it was in the round. So I remember seeing some acts there. I remember seeing B.B. King. I saw James Brown there. And, you know, the, the entertainers would just, you know, they would be standing on the stage, you know, they'd stand there, but the, the stage would turn. So everybody got to see it, right? So here for this pay-per-view, you know, back in uh, March of 87, they just had four big, huge screens, you know, so you sat there and you literally watched television. But I remember just like, again, it was yesterday. Remember going to the front row theater and seeing that 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 WrestleMania live. And I will just even to this day still will watch every once in a blue moon, you know, Hogan Andre, you know, Savage Steamboat. Uh, Piper Adonis, who are both gone, you know, I mean, it just, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was everything to me. And I, and I remember the following year, my cousin and I going to Richfield, uh, that was a pay-per-view location or closed circuit location for WrestleMania four. And then the very, very first pay-per-view ever in my family's house was WrestleMania five, which would have been 1989 Hogan and uh, Hogan and Savage. So yeah. pretty much ever since then, you know, I, I, you know, it's not something I, you know, because now there's just so much, you know, three hours on Monday night, two hours on Friday night. You know, now I'm like everybody else. I'll just watch and pick and choose what I want to see, you know. But back then, you watched every second of everything that was on. Primetime wrestling on Mondays, superstars on Saturday mornings, spotlight on Saturday mornings, challenge on Sundays, all-American yep. wrestling on Sunday. I mean, you watched everything. And I probably still to this day in my parents' garage have videotapes of a lot of that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, I mean, you were a videotape guy too. Videotapes yeah. oh, all, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And, stuff. you know, so yeah, so wrestling was a big part of my life. And, and it, you know, and it, while it hasn't really penetrated my family as much, 
you know, like my dad still remembers back in the day. I remember when Bobby Heenan passed away oh, about, about two years ago now. I remember it was on a oh, Sunday wow. evening, and I was getting ready to go into the, our church, and I remember texting him, and I was like, Bobby Heenan died. And he's like, who is that? And I sent a picture. He's like, oh, yeah, the wrestling the manager, the brain. Yeah, so, you know, and he would take me to Richfield. You know, we would go to Richfield, and as I told you before we went on the air here, uh, 1987, June of 1987 was the first – or no, I'm sorry, 86, rather. Uh, Hogan and Big John Studd was the first you know main event i ever got to see live you know so uh yeah and meeting hulk last year even though it was in a paid situation at the ix center for the national sports card convention was you know was the thrill of a lifetime even getting to spend three minutes with them you know or it wasn't even as probably two minutes you know but yeah so i've been to a couple wrestlemanias as i told you i don't know now with the fact that there are eight hours if i'll ever go to another one but (laughs) i've gotten the opportunity and been blessed enough to go to you know a couple wrestlemanias i've been to a couple survivors series was at the very very first one in 87 in richfield hogan andre yep that was just amazing um royal rumble 2000 uh madison square garden the very first pay-per-view of the new millennium when rock uh won the royal rumble who i still love to this day the rock and then uh yeah i've just been just been awesome it's been it's been fun you know and and again i don't take it it maybe as seriously as i did even 10 years ago and and watch every second of everything i get my hands on but i'm i've been a subscriber to the network since the day it launched yep, you know and too. i will still watch <laughs> as a matter of fact last night i was watching a, a table for three with uh let's see it was aj styles sting and uh jeff jarrett um, you know, and then I was watching. Uh, I like those too. You know, it's I do more of like a behind. I the love that storytelling stuff. Yeah. stuff. Legends and... of Wrestling is still one of the best ones. I was watching the one on the NWO last night. You know, because they just announced they're going to go in the Hall of Fame. So I was just watching that last night and hearing stories. And and I think that's part of it because a lot of people, you know, whether you still watch wrestling or not, at some point in your life, a lot of people had a connection with it, you know, oh, whether yeah. it was during the 80s with Hogan or the Attitude Era of the 90s or, you know, uh, you were a rock fan or an Austin fan or, you know, whatever. I mean, Ultimate Warrior fan in the 80s or 90s. You know, I think just people, it, it you know, because it is theater and it's entertainment, I think, you know, just like we like going to our favorite movies and seeing our favorite actors or actresses, I think it drew you in. You yeah, know? I remember how it made me feel, you know, too. Right. Like you're talking about... You know, WrestleMania three being one of the first ones you yeah. you saw, and it was one of mine as well. And I remember, you know, on on uh, the Saturday show, you know, mm-hmm. um, yep, build the build up, Piper's pit. Yep, there's a. Uh, Andre comes walking out with Heenan. That was it. And, yep. and Hogan's like, "What are you doing?" Yep. He tears the tears shirt the off shirt, and tears rips the cross. The cross off. Yep, and yep. it was just like, "What?" Yeah, you know. And it then was, like a couple weeks, the week or so later, and you're just like, "Are you gonna? Are you gonna?" Yeah, face he says, your yes. friend. He's, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was just like, I felt that. I was yeah. just like mostly drawn in. And- well, that's what it is. It, most, it 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 pulls you in, you know, and like I said, not much in life can do that on an everyday, you know, week, weekly basis, I guess, if you will, whether it's sport, sports can do it. You know, like I said, movies can do it once in a while, but man, wrestling is like, you know, as they always say, it's soap opera for men. It's fine. I don't care. You can make fun of it all you want, whatever. But there's certain aspects of it that I just I've always enjoyed, you know. And you you brought up, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan yeah. too, and uh, uh, Primetime Wrestling. I remember oh, watching Primetime Wrestling Monsoon. at night. Yep. Yeah, and, and Monday those, nights. Those two together were just amazing. Amazing. But I'm probably one of the few. I don't know. You might you might have been too, but 
for a while they did the like a, the last half hour of the, the Bobby two hour, Heenan show. The Bobby mm-hmm. Heenan show. Yep. I loved Love the Bobby that. Heenan there was show. a documentary, you know, WWE of course produced tons of these, you know, DVDs that they would put out, you know, like uh, on guys' careers, whether it's Ricky Steamboat or um, the Hardy Brothers or whatever you you know, and they did a Bobby Heenan one. And, you know, his wife, his daughter was in it, you know, they interviewed, and of course Bobby was too, this is before he passed. And uh, he talked extensively about how much fun he had doing that little half hour variety, you know, quote unquote yeah, variety show. And uh, Arn Anderson, who is a huge Bobby Heenan fan, said that, you know, Bobby Heenan was funnier than any guy on television, any actor in any movie. He was just, he was just a great guy, you know, and it was, you know, you think about him and, you know, of course, as a young wrestling fan, you hated him because he would always be with the bad guys. But then as you got older and you knew, you know, again, just you his singers, curtain, you know, that you oh, would hear when amazing. he was on the mic. You yeah, know? it was it amazing. Was beautiful. Loved it. Yeah. So wrestling's always been, you know, it's been a part of my life. And even to this day, we have a group of guys that, you know, we'll get together if there's not much going on on a Sunday and there's no NFL uh, team that we like that was playing or whatever. We'll still get together for a pay-per-view now and then. And it's weird that they even still call it pay-per-views because who's buying it? You buy yeah, the yeah, network. Exactly. That's all you buy, you know. But for a while, the spot for me was Harpo's. Sure, Brook on Brook Park. Park Road. Used to yeah. go there myself, and then there Watched was BW3. The yeah. BW3 up on Pearl Road in Parma Heights used to have them, too. And, uh, yeah, we used to Get go together all with the my place. buddies and yep. hang out, eat some wings, and right. watch pay-per-views, you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, you know, it's in our living room, you know. Yeah, it's easy. Just turn it on, you know what I mean? Or or in the case of of everybody in the world, now you've got, you know, you've got the telephones, you've got the iPads, you know, like tomorrow night, I'll probably sit there with my wife and watch a movie and just have it on the iPad with the volume down a little bit, you know. So, yeah, it's (laughs) it's definitely changed uh, over the years, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, you said you hit a couple of WrestleManias. Have you sure. ever had the opportunity, uh, you know, with your when you were uh, doing the sports journalism to yeah. interview any? Sure. Uh, Mick Foley was one. Uh, talked to Mick a couple times, actually. I don't know, just in a weird way, it just happened where um, I interviewed him once at a Cleveland Crunch game. He was there, the old indoor soccer team. He was there doing something. I interviewed him there. Interviewed him one time at an internet radio station I used to work for many moons ago. Again, this guy had a good relationship with him. Um, Edge, back in the day, this is before he became the quote-unquote rated R superstar. Uh, I think this was probably around 2001 or two. So he was probably... You know, him and Christian maybe were tagging, but then he was starting to break off on his own and make a name for himself. Uh, Got to talk to him once for probably a good 45 minutes to an hour. Um, Big Show, another one, super good guy, same thing. Um, I'm trying to think if that was a Kurt Angle uh, at one of the, uh, as a matter of fact, at one of the National Sports Card Conventions when he was coming back to WWE to go into the Hall of Fame. I got a chance to talk with him. Just it wasn't very long. It was probably about three, four minutes. It was oh, yeah, one of those yeah, like yeah. interview scrums. Um, yeah, those are those are the Wizard World ones. thing too. That's whatever. that's probably what it was. Okay, it was the yeah. Wizard. Yeah, because he did a he did like a panel. Yeah, and yeah. then he talked was, to. You I were was at in that. There. Yep, I was in there for that. It was him and uh, and then uh, and then he talked to to a couple of the media guys. So yeah, so I've gotten an opportunity. I mean, I've met Miz a couple of times because he always seems to be here. And Dolph Ziggler, you know, of course, too yeah, Nick. Yeah. Um, you know, because those are local guys. And it's funny because every time I see Miz, uh, every time I see Mike, I always I always have to razz him because he's a Normandy guy, you know, Normandy Invaders, and I'm a Parma guy, and we're rivals, you know. So I always give him a hard time about that. I've seen them at a couple, like, Cavalier games and Monster games and stuff like that. So I always get a chance to, you know, to talk with him. Met Ric Flair. I mentioned that to you before we went on the air. He was here. Um, 
actually, as I said, the day Dusty Rhodes passed away, he was here at a Cavaliers-Warriors, I think it was, again, game five or six of the NBA Finals, the year the Cavaliers won it in 16, and he was actually here for that game. Um, they put him on the Jumbotron, of course, and everything, and you could just tell it was a hard day for him, you know. Nobody thought, nobody saw Dusty passing away. It wasn't like he was sick. He just died suddenly, you know, so um, got to meet Rick. But, yeah, Edge, uh, Angle, Big Show, um, uh, Mick Foley, like I said, Mick a couple times, and I did get to go to the Mick Foley. Uh, I don't know if you went to this. He was here recently I, for the comedy, the, thing? the improv thing, yeah. yeah. And that wasn't. I think it was two years ago. Um, he did one. I know Jake the Snake Roberts did one. I did not get to go to that one, but when he came here, it was on a Wednesday night. A friend of mine at the Indians in the front office got some free tickets and gave them to me, and I got to go to that, and that was pretty cool. And yeah, so it, it's it is kind of overwhelming when you get to meet those guys. Um, it, you know, interesting story, real quick, as one of the guys now, um, still I once in a blue moon will hear from on on texting, uh, back and forth with, of course, is Vic Travagante who, of course, is Vic Joseph, who's now the voice yeah, of Raw. Yeah. I was good friends with Vic when he was here because uh, he and I kind of were working together at 92.3. Um, he was there when I was there, and I remember there's a really good picture of him and I at our company Christmas party back in 2012. And, uh, you know, he actually helped me move into this house, of all things. He helped me move. <laughs> I was living about four or five minutes away. My wife and I moved into this house, and I remember on a Friday afternoon, um, it was actually the day before the big move, but he was like, hey, I can't help you Saturday, but I'll come Friday. And it was like out of the blue, he showed up and he helped me move. So I can always say that the voice of Raw helped me move into this house, you know. So, <laughs> nice. yeah, good guy. Yeah, though. there seems to be like a Cleveland uh, contingent that's mm-hmm. taking over and infiltrating uh, right. the WWE. Johnny and Gargano. And you've got, the, of course, the Miz is the big I think the Miz is the big one. You know, uh, Ziggler has had a, a little bit more of a bigger presence uh, in probably in the last like six or eight months that he's had in a while. And now Vic, you know, Vic, yeah. jo- Vic Joseph. We got EC3, got too. He's I from about uh, EC3. Yeah, he's from yeah. Willoughby. You're right. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, so. he does not get much TV time. Not right now, but you never know. These guys know? will reinvent themselves and they'll come up with something. So and it's just like, yeah. man, so much. It, it's. I love the packages that they put together too. Sometimes, yeah. like the one they did with before Gargano and Adam Cole, yeah. and NXT, and and Gargano's running across the bridge. Yeah, Cleveland's running up the, yep. the stadium stairs, and the and that's you're just right. like, that's our that's home our guy, home city. You know? Yeah, I'm just like. Well, You'll The Miz it. is you great because, guys, you, you know? know, The Miz with the Mr. and Mrs. show, and my wife and I will watch that. And, you know, there's so many Cleveland references, you know, whether it's – and not even Cleveland, Parma references. I mean, his dad owns the Mr. Hero five minutes away down on Ridge Road. I yeah. mean, it's just crazy to think about it. And, you know, a lot of guys are watching it, and they're like, well, you know, they hear the name of a city and they don't care. But when you hear Parma or Cleveland, you're like, ah, like you said, it's, it's you know, because we have this hometown pride because we – Cleveland seems to always have been that way. And then you get to hear even, not even Cleveland, but Parma. And you're like, wow, it just blows you away, you know. So it is cool, though. Wrestling is is definitely a very territorial thing. And you're very proud of your city. And if you got a guy who's from your city, you know. But, yeah, and Miz is definitely that guy right now, I think. There's no doubt. Oh, so. Yeah, definitely. We were talking a little bit off uh, air, too, about, um, you know, the WrestleManias that yeah. you hit. And like yeah. I said, the only one that I've been able to go to 27 the one in atlanta yep miz and cena miz and cena and miz was our champion and stuff and uh and he won yeah and i had family down there and everything and i wasn't expecting him to but i remember his entrance too they showed the video of the kid growing up and being a fan yeah but he had those huge balloons on the stage right and And of course he was with who (laughs) alex riley whose dad kevin kiley was on 92.3 the fan 
So oh, that's I it. I did not know that. Alex Riley's dad is Kevin Kiley, who used to be a sports talk host on 92.3. So oh, wow. There you go. Right. Another Cle- sort of Cleveland connection. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Yeah. But, yeah, I remember, you know, I was there, and, uh, you know, I was in my uniform, and then I ended up getting, like, interviewed. It never aired anywhere. I don't sure. know. It's on some cutting room floor. But I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'm from Cleveland. And, yep. you know, this is the only champion. This is the only championship we, we had have, at the time. Right. Like, yep. You know, the Miz representing. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah really WrestleMania cool. is definitely – you know, if you've never been to one, I always say, if you've never been to one, go. But, again – it's changed, you know. Back in the day, you'd go on, like, I remember specifically going to Detroit. My buddy and I drove up on Friday night. We went to Access on Saturday, went to the Hall of Fame Saturday night, and then you go to the event on Sunday, and we drove home Monday morning. Now it's like they want you there for a week, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, they want you there like Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, Access starts Thursday. Now the Hall of Fame's going to be, or actually the Hall of Fame's going to be on Thursday. Friday they're going to do SmackDown. Saturday is NXT TakeOver. Sunday's WrestleMania. Monday is Raw. I mean, they just, they want yeah, you there for almost a week. And, and, I mean, talk about spending money, you know. Exactly, Jeez, oh, man. Yeah, but, I mean. What I also like is, I mean, the whole world of wrestling comes into the town. Oh, like the yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, All of them. They yeah. hold ROH. And, the conventions mm-hmm. and stuff It'll be like interesting that. to see if AEW you know, comes into Tampa. I enjoyed that when I was down uh, in Atlanta. In Atlanta, I actually right. went to Abdullah the Butcher's house Oh, of Ribs, there you go. You know? Oh, very nice. Yeah, I, I forgot about and, that down there. And, yeah. and he happened to, you know, be pulling in the driveway as I was leaving, so I got a quick picture with oh, him. And he had the funny. fork up to my head and everything. Oh, that's funny. It'll be interesting to see this year with, you know, now with the whole AEW thing if um you know if they actually come into tampa you know what i mean because you know they're like a competition but yet you know if they want to be where wrestling is going to be that weekend that's where you would go yeah. is tampa so it'll be interesting to see if they try to book something for that weekend in tampa and our our local uh aew a- yeah aiw or aiw rather sorry yeah yeah so they, they've, this will be the, uh, I think, second year in a row that they'll be participating yeah. on some of those indie Some of those indie events, things, sure. Which is really cool. Happy for them. Um, okay. Well, I mean, uh, well, I guess while we're on the wrestling thing real sure. quick, like what, what would you say the – was your favorite one that you experienced when you were at? Well, Atlanta. going to going to Toronto for again, I want to say it, that would have been eighteen. Um, yeah, that was X eight. That was eighteen, and and Hogan Rock was was pretty special. Oh, um, yeah. You know, so I'm that, a huge you know Hogan. In that, in that crowd. It was just, a, and, and we were on the floor. Part, yeah, yeah wow. we were on the floor for that. Um, you weren't very close. I think we were like twenty five rows back, but still, and just you know, like you said, the energy in that building, that Sky Dome, and then of course. You know, Hogan, you know, Hogan posing at the end, you know, took you back to when I was nine years old. You know, Rock, who, you know, I love Rock. I love his story. I think he's, you know, just a great person. Um, you know, certainly now, you know, helping out our troops and doing everything he does with Under Armour and, every, you know, the movies, of course, you know, with, uh, you know, just a great voice. I think he's a really good guy and a great voice. I mean, just seeing those two, I'll never forget that. You know, I mean, I think that was probably one of the highlights. Okay. I think the first Survivor Series, you know, Hogan Andre. I mean, I think that was pretty special, you know, because if you think about it now, out of those two teams, I think there's probably the only, I mean, maybe the only one alive would be would be Hogan. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm thinking about it. My Don Morocco, he's alive. Um. But if you think about all those guys, Bundy's gone. Oh, one man gang. He's alive. Slick is alive. Um. You know, Andre's obviously gone. I think. But didn't Butch Reed pass away? If I'm not mistaken, I don't or know. maybe he I mean, might be alive. But you know, I mean, Rick Rude, he's gone. You know. Um. Yeah. It was Ken Patera. He's still alive. All right. So there's a couple guys that are alive, but still, it's like. You know, unfortunately, wrestling is like being a rock star and a lot of these guys are gone, you know, but just thinking about that first Survivor Series on 
my November 26th, 87 in Richfield was pretty special. So that, yeah, any WrestleMania has been awesome. It's been a, it's been a fun event. As I said, I recommend people go. If you're a huge wrestling fan, you need to go to one, at least one, but yeah. things have changed a lot with the way that they do it now. So hopefully you're saving your pennies too, before you go, because yeah, yeah, you certainly yeah. don't want to go on the cheap. It's going to be hard. It'd be hard to do anymore to go on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. You got to like budget, you know, a couple of years in advance or something. Yeah. Really? Almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not something you can go to with $100 in your pocket anymore. It used to be where you could, you know, again, you could get a cheap seat of Mania. Okay, maybe you'd want to hang around and go to some of the indie events. But now, with Access, with the Hall of Fame, with Raw on Monday, like I said earlier, with the uh, uh, NXT show on Saturday, you know, I mean, it's it's very different than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, each time you went, you were there as a fan, right? Yeah, I never went with work. the media. Yeah, never there was to... there's ways you can go in in terms of the media. I've never even tried it. Um, I just uh, yeah, it's just like one of those things I kind of try to keep separate yeah, for the yeah. most part. Not wanna, to say that if I had the opportunity, it, you know, right, yeah, right. Yeah, not, uh, you know, I mean, work, right? like when Jerry Lawler would come in, I've met Jerry a bunch of times when he would come to Indians games. I would always find a way to sit with him and talk with him. There was one night he and I just sat there for two hours just laughing about stuff and you know again another guy who because of his cleveland roots and background always enjoyed you know hanging out and spending time with him but a guy who um yeah you could just you, you know you could be yourself around it wasn't like you had to be this wrestling fan you know i mean i think he just enjoyed talking about you know other stuff too but yeah huge the, cleveland sports oh fan. huge sorry about that yeah huge cleveland sports fan you know talks about eddie johnson and the old cleveland browns that's where he got kind of his fandom from well he lived in he lived as a kid because he was an army brat his dad was an army guy so he uh moved around a lot but it was living in ohio he lived out in was it lorraine he lived very close. I, so. yeah. I think it was on the west side. He yeah. lived out on the west side, and and he had an he had a a subscription to Brown's News Illustrated, and a friend of mine by the name of Frank Derry used to run it, and he got to know Jerry through. That's how he got to know Jerry Lawler. So yeah, just weird stories like that. You just never and you know these guys are still human beings, and they like what they like. You know yep. so. Cool stories, though. It's fun. All roads fun lead talking back to Cleveland in some way. It's you do like, you're right. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. They do. So nice. So um, I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, you know, when you when you first started, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a love for writing. Sure. To get yeah. To writing. Um, like you know, it, yeah. I mean, naturally. Or well, I enjoyed at? it as, as I enjoyed it when I was young, but it never was something I really thought I wanted to do. Um, but it's interesting, as I again, as I tell my students too a lot, how the industry has changed and writing has become, you know, it used to be if you wanted to be a writer, you know, you had to go to school for four years and you had to take, you know, journalism classes and everything. I'm not saying that you can't still do that. You certainly can. And I've got a number of people in my life who have done that and been very successful and some of which who work for great companies. But, you know, nowadays, if you just have a passion for it and a love for it, um, you know, and, and you're willing to learn and take criticism and, you know, what and stuff like that, I think it's interesting that it's it's different now you know now a lot of days you know there's this this terminology in our industry in the media you know content creators i mean that's a big term now that a lot of people use if you can create content and and it could be in radio or on video but if you can create written content you can probably find a job and get paid to do it um it might take a while you know i mean i did it for free for a long time but you know as i started and i got involved with my business partner and we kind of met on accident but we became friends and we're still really good friends um you know and he said hey you know do you want to start a website and i was like oh, sure i guess and 
you know, just like anything in the world, I'm sure you do it with your podcast. I mean, you do it more and more. You get more comfortable. You get better at it. And, you know, you just develop, in some cases, you develop a love for it. You know, I never thought I'd love writing, but, um, and some days I don't, you know, some days I'm like, ugh, but, you know, you got to do it. It's a job. And and as I said, I make, I make more of my income now from writing than I even do from, from radio and from, you know, feeding networks and stuff like that. Because, um, as I said, as a, what I consider myself and in some ways a quote unquote content creator, um, you know, a lot of places like a sports illustrated or places like that are looking for people who can do that. Um, and then of course in my world, you know, because of my relationship with the Indians, it was just sort of a natural fit, you know? So yeah. Um, you know, writing books has been a thrill. I never thought I would do that, you know, but being able to see your name in, in the Barnes and Nobles and all that is really very kind of humbling and awesome, you know. It's been very cool. But, um, yeah, so it's, as I said, it's it's not something I thought I would do. Maybe I thought I would do it a little bit here and there. But now it's just, it's very, again, the, because the business has changed so much, it's very different. Um, and websites, and, of course, you know, now websites are as, you know, as some, a lot of them have more validity than newspapers. The newspaper industry in some regards is hurting, but certainly websites are not, you know, and, and the fact that a lot of people can have that voice, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, but can create their own website, you know, yeah, a lot of people a don't brand, build know? a brand. Right. And I, again, as I, I hate to keep saying, I tell my students all the time, but I do, I'm like, Hey, if you want to be noticed, you know, become, you know, you don't have to, don't fake it, but you can, you know, you can do a lot with who you are, you know, if you've got a passion for Cleveland, Cleveland Browns, tell me about it, write about it, show it to me. You know, if you, if you can take a piece of video from a Cleveland Browns game and break it down, uh, a kid by the name of Jake Burns does that on Twitter, who I've met a few times and talked to. Um, if you could find a way to do that and become good at it and become successful, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, if it's a passion, a lot of people can tell too, when you have a passion for something, it'll come out, you know, and that's one thing that a lot of people don't, you know, don't, you know, they fake it. They're like, well, if I, I got to do this. Well, if it's something you have to do, it's not going to come yeah, out as natural. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So writing is fun. It's, it's again, it's very different. I'm very excited, as I said, about the opportunity at SI this year. And, um, you know, I've got a couple guys that are going to help me out that are, that are good, bigger name guys in the Cleveland market who, um, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but have, have agreed to join me. So I think it's going to be a fun ride. And I think, you know, we're going to have a good impact this year. And I think the team itself being who they are and the, the loyal fan base, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, um, you, the more you did it, the more you yeah. loved it, the more you built that love and whatever. And I, we were talking a little bit off, off air about, you know, I, I was telling you about my battles with anxiety and just, you know, talking to people and getting to, you know, comfortable. And this has been, you know, this podcasting thing's kind of been like my therapy. Right, the right. That's what I you were saying. It, yeah. The more I get, I'm starting That's to get amazing. comfortable talking to people and enjoying what I'm doing. And it's just, right. you know, I've been blessed with my years and working in the Cleveland music scene, just mm-hmm. getting to know and network with uh, musicians and entertainers and stuff like that. So it's like, why not use it, use this opportunity and these connections? And know, if you have a passion... Some, and if go for like, it. You know, if it's something you love and you can, you know, hey, it's not I, like work. It's just something that's you, what you I was going to say. If you can make a dollar at it, it's all the better, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, you know, for me, it's my full time living. So I have to look at it like, OK, what income wise can I make from this? But on the other hand, you know, if you can make any money at it, it's great. You know, if you even want to do it as a part time job or just as a hobby, you know, it's yeah. it's awesome. 
Yeah, so it's it's it's, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's a great it's a great industry, the writing industry. And as I said, I'm never afraid to take criticism from anybody. And I think that's also part of it too. Is that you know if you're going to have a passion for something and enjoy it, um, you know you got to be able to, to to take a a you know I don't want to say a punch in the face, but that's kind of how it is sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you know, sometimes yeah, sometimes I, that's how it goes. Yeah. So um, I wanted to, you know, I mean, one of the main things we've talk, been talking about off off air has mm-hmm. been, um, you know, this this uh, battle with cancer sure. that you've been going through and also that uh, your faith. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to see, like, when you, you know, when did you first uh, get your relationship with God? When mm-hmm. were you, you know, were you raised? Uh, yeah, I mean, my or? mom, it was really my mom. My mom was, uh, a, you know, when I was young, um, we would go to church. Uh, she would, you know, kind of, I don't want to say drag us. It wasn't a drag us, but it wasn't it wasn't a passion by any means. You know what I mean? We'd go and, and we would, you know, and we would go. And, and um, the church I went to, which I actually still go to, is Cleveland Baptist Church on Tiedemann. And we have a very strong relationship with a lot of people there. Um, but when I was young, it wasn't really like that. It was like, oh, you go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm going to miss uh, All-American Wrestling. Come on. Right. You got to be home by noon, right? Or the NFL, you know, one o'clock games. You got to be home. Got to be home. But as you grow older, um, you know, and and certainly a lot of people, I think it's I'm not the only one you go through, you know, a little bit of a of a search of who you are as a person and who you're going to be. Uh, Some people will go, you know, take this road and some people will take another road. And not to say I ever really walked away from the church, but there was a time frame when going to church was certainly not a priority. It just just wasn't. Um, But then sort of as I got a little bit older, probably I would say around 16, 17, I, I thought, you know, this. It was a. I always thought it was a good thing in my life, you know, and and that the, that knowing God and being closer to the Lord was a was was better than not. I should say it like that. Um, yeah. I never thought of any negatives from it, you know. Um, and this is not to say, and I I don't preach a lot about it. Um, maybe I should, but I don't preach a lot about it because I don't like to be judgmental. I don't think it's fair. I don't think that's what the Lord put us here to do in the first place, but also because I know a lot of people did have bad experiences in churches. Um, and I'm not going to name denominations. I'm not going to name religions. That's not, again, that's not my business. But, you know, if you had a bad relationship as, say, a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old, and now you're turned off by it, I can understand that. I really yeah. can. And I, and I, again, I'm not here to tell you, well, you should give it another chance. Personally, I don't think, I think you might want to. That's just, you know, but on the other hand, if you just, if you can't find yourself doing that because of something that happened, um, what I would say is if, if you're not willing to go to a church or get involved in a church, um, try to find a group of people maybe that you can at least talk to about it you know what I mean like in your case you said the therapy was from the groups that you go to or the podcasting that you do it's different than when you're sitting in a church with being preached at by with 1500 other people you know it's very different um so my relationship with the Lord started when I was pretty young um I got saved when I was about six seven years five six years old and you know it's again it's not something that's always been just this road and that's been the road it goes this way it goes that way it goes up it goes down but when I really started to go back to church on a regular basis at, at about 16, 17 years old, um, I felt like my relationship got closer. And as I said, I never look at you know my relationship with the Lord and what my wife and I even have gone through in this last year with cancer. It's been a huge part of the reason why I think we've been able to stay very positive about it. Um, 
you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I could get the cancer back in 2020 and maybe in 21 I won't be here. I don't know. And I'm not here to question that. But I do definitely understand that, you know, um, we're here. We have free will. We can certainly ask the Lord why this happens, why that happens. I told you off the air we lost a young girl, uh, a baby, a two-year-old in our church this last year to brain cancer. And there was a lot of why. And that's yeah. a, And I totally understand it. I've asked myself. You know, I always thought... Why didn't you take me, not her? You know, that type of thing. Um, you know, and, you know, we don't know why the Lord does what he does. You know, it's not, you know, and, and but I don't believe that that's a wrong thing to ask why. You know, I do believe that there's, you know, I think he wants us to look and search and ask, you know. So, um, you know, we are pretty, we are pretty good about, you know, we go when I'm healthy, we go to church three times a week. We read together on a nightly basis. Um, I read every day. I've read, I've, you know, I've read through my Bible, um, I think it's six years in a row now on an everyday basis. And again, it's not a preachy thing. It's not a look at me thing. It's just something that keeps me closer to my faith and to, in, in my opinion, to the Lord. Because throughout the course of a day, you know, you just, you know, you're just living your day. You forget, you know, yeah. you just do. I mean, I do all the time, you know, but, um, you know, I've had a lot of good, I, I can say this, I've had a lot of good people in my life who, you know, whether it's from the church or somebody who maybe had gone to the church and now is at a different church or whatever, who, you know, what it seems like when I'm around that person or when I talk to that person, they lift me up, you know, and I kind of decided even with my cancer battle that that was kind of what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to flip the script a little bit, you know, and, you know, maybe try to be a better person myself and maybe even try to inspire others a little bit, you know, and do it in a way to where, as I said earlier, I may put out a Bible verse online. I may say something like, you know, trusting in the Lord has helped me or whatever, but I'm not going to, you know, as they say, there's a saying, you know, nobody ever screamed anybody into heaven. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to tell you, you know, if you want to talk about it, absolutely. I'll absolutely have a conversation. But I don't believe you ever, I don't believe that's the right way to go about it. No, and I've seen just, a lot of people that try to do it. closes people off. It or does. Cut, cuts yeah. them off right away. And, you know, that's one of the things that, that drew me into to, uh, you know, wanting to meet up with you is uh, because you're going through this valley, sure. you're going through this storm, but you're still putting out your this positive mental attitude, you know, that you have. And that's a yeah. big part of this, this battle. And I, right. as I was telling you off there, I'm usually the guy that goes the opposite direction. Like <laughs> I lost, you know, some close friends sure. younger than me, you know, their parents to cancer and stuff. And I was mad at God, angry at God, yeah. screaming at God, like, why would you do this? But I know my, my, the old me would just shut got off completely right, and right. i agree that you know i think god god's happy that i'm coming at him and screaming i agree upset yeah i agree because i'm acknowledging because yeah, at least still yeah in that way. you're you're having a you're having a relationship if you had no relationship you wouldn't care you know when there's yeah. that apathy you know what i mean i think you could be upset you could be happy you could be sad you could be angry you could be you know why like you said why I think all those, as long as you have that relationship to talk to your Heavenly Father, I think that's a good thing as compared to just being like, whatever, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, my brother-in-law is, you know, my, my wife's brother, who we're very close to, is a non-believer. And it's difficult, you know. I pray for him on a daily basis that he will have something in his life happen that will bring him closer. Um, I think the hardest thing is is to try to be around him and always sort of, I don't want to say be careful because I don't, 
I don't hide from it. He knows that. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, because he doesn't have that relationship, there's some times where it's difficult. I'd love to talk to him about it and be like, so what is it? Well, why don't you believe? You know, I, I mean, I've gone to church with him and, you know, he's been open about coming to even to Cleveland Baptist at times, like when I was in the, the Christmas play two years ago, things like that. But at the same time, I look at it like I don't know how in this day and age, especially with the peaks and valleys of life, you could go through life without having, you know, something, a spiritual, you know, something spiritual in your life. I just, I could, I personally couldn't, no. you know, I, in some regard, I, I, I don't want to say I envy him, but in some regard, I'm like a, just amazed that he can go through it without, you know, and I've told my wife many times, you know, her, her and her brother, uh, we're all very close to, to her grandparents. They're still alive. They're in great health and everything, but someday they're not going to be here. And I've said to her many times, I go, when one of your grandparents go, that will be the test, you know, because to think about it from the perspective of you'll never, quote unquote, see them again, um, where we know we will, you know, they're saved believers and we know that we're going to see them again. But where your brother is, he he can't believe that. You know what I mean? So will that change his perspective a little bit? And I've even had that conversation with her grandfather. Like, we hope that that will, you know, I mean, you know, and don't want to talk about anybody's demise. But in a way, it's sort of like, I wonder if that will change things a little bit, you know, so. Yeah, there's many aspects of it. And as I said before, I'm never afraid to really talk about it. It's just that, um, you know, especially through this cancer journey, it's kind of opened up a different door for me to have that perspective to talk about it. And which is why, as I've said, I don't I don't um, I certainly would never demean it or or wish it on anybody or anything like that. But what I've gone through since April to me. Um, it happens for a reason. It happened for a reason. And maybe that's part of the reason why. So it would open me up to talk more about it and give me more of a, of a voice to, to talk to people. And it's been, it's been great, you know, and there's somebody out there that needs to hear that. Yeah. And that's great right now. Yeah. I need to hear it too. You know, I mean, I've, it's been amazing. Like I said, we lost this little baby in our church and her grandparents are really good friends of ours. And it's just, we were over their house last Wednesday evening and it was just amazing to hear, you know, uh, 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 Colleen is her name, and wife, the wife talk about, you know, her, her granddaughter and not just, I just don't know how you could make it through, you know? Oh, I certainly man, I don't. I can't imagine. I have two daughters myself. Sure. That's like my Achilles. Imagine too. that, yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's you know, and but but you see it all the time, and, and sometimes, as I said, a tragedy will make things more real or closer. That's yeah, what kind of like, you know, scares me with where I'm at sometimes personally, you know, and this is me just being being real, but mm -hmm. it's like, man, I can't imagine if something, God forbid, happened to one of my sure. If I was tested in that way, how would I, how would I, how would you react? It, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, like I said, I do have a relationship with God now and I do, you know, but I, um, but it's still like not where, and that's what's inspired me about you is like going mm -hmm. through what you're going through and having that strong. I just, I'm, sometimes I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it, you know, do I want my relationship to be stronger? Absolutely. Um, and that's part of the reason why, you know, I, you know, my wife and I read together. I read in the morning, you know, because there used to be that little pearl of nugget of wisdom you know what i mean that you could read or read in a commentary or a devotional or whatever or listening to sermons you know whatever it might be um and and as i said I, you know i've never looked at you know some people will look at like you know they, they use the term you know too much religion's bad for you i um i i think the right biblical teaching 
you know, that type of thing. I don't want to sit here and, and go off on a tangent on, you know, false teachers and all that other stuff. I mean, you know, listen, it, but if it's something that helps you out and it makes you and it gets you closer to the Lord and it gets you closer to Jesus, then I, I'm all for it. Well, I you think know? the difference is, too, I mean, you said too much religion, but I mean, with what we have, it's a relationship. That's the difference. And you can't have enough of a good relationship. Exactly. And right. You want to yeah. build, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, that trust and that love and that relationship. You know, um, when it when it's religion, it seems like that's the thing that, you know, I know that's what kept me away for right. so long when it was just. And I understand it. Religion. I have a lot of friends who and again, I, I certainly don't. As I said, I got to be very careful. I don't want to say this and, and mean it in a demeaning way. But they were raised in the Catholic Church. They were raised in Catholic schools. And a number of them are not now in involved in the church in any way, shape or form. This doesn't mean that that great relationships don't happen out of those churches. But to me, it's like, that's a shame. You know, that is a shame. And I don't know why that happened. You know, I because I wasn't there. I don't understand it. You know, that was what I was raised in. Yeah, I was an altar boy and all that. And I just never felt there was not a connection. I had to go through an intermediary to talk to God, basically. You know? I don't believe in that. You yeah. know what I mean? And I and I've always been and in my opinion that you know, and again I can I can I can sort of uh give my mom the, the, the credit in this is that, you know, she she was raised Lutheran. Her and her my dad met in a Lutheran church and uh you know, but it was back in the mid seventies when she you know, the church wasn't teaching, you know, the correct things on salvation in her mind and in the mind of of the biblical teaching. So that's when my aunt got her involved in, in Cleveland Baptist and that's when she went there and she was like, Wow, it was a different it was different, you know what I mean? And again, a lot of churches, um, if you're teaching, a, if you're a biblical teaching church, you know, I'm all about that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're following God's word and everything like that, and you're not, you know, what, what can you say, repurposing it or rephrasing it or trying to come up with your own, you know, religion or anything like that. That's when I think we, you know, we take the Lord's word and when we take the Lord's word and we try to interpret it and start making it our own is when we get into trouble, you know, yeah. I think. You know. I think what's sad too is like, you know, as we were talking is like, like if there's something wrong with a certain denomination, the non-believers see that sure. stuff and they right away paintbrush everybody. Everybody, right? And like I you said, know, I don't keep yeah. them further away. From well, I mean, I remember if you remember the movie Spotlight that came out a couple years ago with Michael Keaton, and uh, you know, it, was, it won the movie, it won the, the best picture. That was the movie, of course, that that talked a lot about the. Um, you know, the scandal in the Catholic Church, you know, with the rabbis and the priests and the molestation and all that other type of stuff. I don't know if I was involved in that denomination, how I would be able to continue in that denomination knowing that. But I'm not, you know, but I and that's hard to judge, you know, because I hate to sit there and say everybody's involved in it. But when you see that number of people, it's kind of like, whoa, you know. So as a non-believer, if I was a non-believer and I saw that movie or I, I heard about those stories, I could can understand why it would draw you away and why you wouldn't want to be involved in it i could i can completely understand that what's up what's up this is hoya rock from mad boy and you're listening to today's boondoggle on domain cleveland radio represent it's back the second annual sonic temple music and art festival is returning to map free stadium in columbus ohio on may 15th 16th and 17th 2020 and Tomei Cleveland Radio and today's Boondoggle will have contests running. So you can see Metallica two nights with two unique sets. And Slipknot, the Deftones, Bring Me the Horizon, Evanescence, 
Stain, and many, many more artists. Listen to today's boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio for your chance to win passes. Or purchase passes right now on SonicTempleFestival.com. Follow Domain Cleveland on all its social media for updates on when the contest will start. See you in the pit. From all of us here at Domain Cleveland Entertainment, Domain Cleveland Radio, and today's Boondoggle Radio Show, we'd like to take a moment and just wish everyone out there and your families a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's bring back Christmas caroling, how it should be. Once again, from all of us here at Domain Cleveland Entertainment, Domain Cleveland Radio, and today's Boondoggle Radio Show, we want to wish you a very safe, happy holidays, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, like I was saying, it's like, you know, um, off, off mm-hmm. uh, air earlier, too, you know, it's just... And I guess I, mean, I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't, I'm trying not to turn this into a therapy session for myself, but no, I'm it's hoping okay. that my questions that other people have these these same thoughts and questions. But uh, 
you know, just uh, going through what you're going through and still maintaining and praising, mm -hmm. you know, I, one of the, when I first came home from overseas in the Middle East, I got sober and I got saved and now I belong to a Bible, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Bible believing church, Bible believing church, church. Sure. grace in Middleburg Heights. Oh and yeah, it's of course. Amazing. Some, yeah, great church. It, it started yeah. my recovery and my sobriety and it's just, yeah, it's an, it's a, it's an amazing church, but, um, we had a, um, a men's uh, pastor for the men's group that was like a mentor to me. And then and he died in a horrific, you know, a, ba a cancer battle. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I, I felt myself veering on. Veering away, I sure. Was, I was yeah. veering away and angry and um, just didn't, couldn't wrap my head around it. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, I think one of the worst things sometimes for uh, Christianity is, is, is Christians. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, absolutely. How they they yeah. come at yeah. things and like, yeah. you know, when, you're, when you're hurting, sometimes you just, you want to hear, I don't know, you know, That's I it. don't know why this happened. Yeah. You know, I don't have the answers, you, right? Oh, you know, it's God's will's better than ours, and all that stuff. Well, it's we like, hear yeah. that, yeah. and and while we know that that's that's in my opinion, it's true. Um, there are times when, like you said, people say that, and well, it's you're like, not ready to hear. Not right now. Yeah, not yeah. Right now. I mean, yeah. maybe not right now. Maybe in a year or something like that. And it, you know, and it was interesting because you mentioned that because there, uh, 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 the the family I keep referring to who lost the granddaughter, they told a story that was very similar to that. You know, it was like some. But he said to them, you know, well, you know, God's will and everything. It's like, oh, yeah, we believe that. And, and, and you know, I'm going to lose my parents someday and I'm going to have to think about that. And I'm going to lose my, you know, brothers maybe someday, hopefully not. But, you know, point being is that you can lose people along the way and you have to, you know, but to hear it right there and then, it's not applicable to that moment. No. You know, no. what's applicable to that moment is I'm sorry, I don't have the words, you know, and I don't know why things like that happen to, to good people, you know, I mean, that's, it's, you know, and, and it's been, as I go back to like the cancer thing, it's interesting. Cause you know, my, my oldest brother is, do I believe he saved? Yes, but he's certainly not living like it. And it's interesting that when I got cancer, um, you know, he's 57, 58. So he's about 13 years older than I am. Um, at one point he was talking to a family member and it got back to me that he was more or less like devastated. Like how could Matt get cancer? He's one of the quote good ones, which I don't buy that. But the point being is that like, how could I have gotten cancer? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't getting sick. Doesn't, doesn't, you know good bad or indifferent it doesn't you know everybody gets something you know what yeah. i mean and it's like you can't look at it like that and as again i looked at it now here we are nine months later i don't look at it like well i got sick because of this i got sick because you know now i can say well the lord had a message in this somewhere i don't know what it necessarily was like i said maybe it's to sit down with you maybe it's to have that article in the plain you dealer from Terry Pluto. you don't like the message as you're you going don't. through it yeah you, you know? absolutely don't but you know we always go back to that whole well the lord's ways are not our ways and that's definitely true um and me living over again maybe a 2 year old who had a brain uh, brain cancer is maybe doesn't appear fair you know i've had 44 years this child had two but on the other hand you look at it and you go well you know i don't know what the lord's message in this was but you know, then I can look at it like, well, he gave me, you know, the old second chance, you know, so I would rather I, I'm I'm thankful for it. And I would rather be more open about it. And maybe I need to talk to more people about it than just sitting back and going like, well, you know, 
I got lucky, you know. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know about that either. Yeah, you I know? don't believe in uh, you know luck much anymore. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, especially I've gotten older. Yeah, and, and in that's this experience. that was one of the things for me too. Is like you know, I mean, as I've been through the peaks and valleys and my struggle with uh, my relationship with God, when when I see unfair things that I consider unjust or unfair happening Absolutely. and stuff, is like you know, as I said earlier off the thing, it's like I'm so quick to forget where god has brought me from right what he's brought me through you know because i'm looking at you know where i'm not at or why this is happening at this moment and stuff but there's just been you know when i do take that time you know not that you know we 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 have these 24 hours and i think we're more at peace when we focus on the here and now oh yeah you know than dwelling like for years i had nothing but shame and guilt for the who i was in the past Mm -hmm. because that was some of what was instilled in me from you know where i was raised but um you know now i look back at certain plate things i've been through and there's just no coincidence. There was a reason why I went through this and why right. this happened. I had an incident happen where just a lot went down and I had to drop out of my master's program in mm. school um, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. And I was angry about it. But during that time frame, I got to spend a lot of time with my dad before he passed. There you go. You know? So then yeah. I look back at those things like that, like, you know, okay, so I didn't get this, but I'm doing this now and I was able to do this. Right. You know, and there's just like... There's always some sort of. I used to love the TV show Lost back in the yeah, day. I sure. don't remember. I remember show. the show, mm-hmm. and and it kind of like played that interconnection how mm-hmm. people were would sure. cross each other's paths and then later they're right, you know, and and it just amazes me that like there's there's all there seems to always be a plan even if we don't understand it, right? And we don't see it in the moment, you know. It's there when it's in the rear view. Right. Some of it starts making more sense yeah and, and i stuff. think that that's as i said i don't know you know i do believe there's a quote-unquote master plan for everybody's life you know but i also think because we have free will you know we can look at it one way or another um you know when i was in that hospital nine months ago and and we really didn't know what was going to happen there was there was a point where i had to make that decision pretty early on and i made it very early on i was like okay i could do one of two things i could crawl up in a ball and die here and yeah. you know you know put up a fight but yet whatever or i could look at this and go all right i'm going to i'm going to try to tackle this head on and not only tackle it head on but also try to try to share things about it and maybe hopefully help others along the way like we have a we have a uh, um, it's more on my wife's side, but a, a husband and wife who are kind of going through exactly what I was going through. Um, and he's going to have to have a transplant and stuff. And a matter of fact, him, my wife and, and his wife were talking this morning. And, you know, now I sort of, again, the eyes get open and you sort of see it and you're like, well, maybe this is why I had to go through this, you know, so I could be a help to him, you know, yeah, and it, it's, yeah, exactly. you know, and. You know, as I said, it, there's probably a variety of reasons. We, you know, and sometimes I think we just spend too much time trying to figure it all out. You know, we should just yeah, like let it happen. It. Yeah. yeah, we should just let it happen. You know, I mean, this is what the Lord's got us here doing right now, and we need to do the best things we can yeah, with I've it. I've had situations know? too uh, similar. I mean, well, different, but, sure. you know, with my addiction and recovery and some of the things I went through and then being a single parent, raising, right. you know, and then these people come into my lives that are where I was. 
five right. years ago. And now you can you relate. Know? Yeah. You know, and, and, and you share might share my experience, strength and hope with them. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was I was gonna say, like you okay, so you had an addiction. It didn't define you as who you were, you know. I mean, maybe while you were going through it, but now it, it's in the rearview mirror and now you can share, you know, what you did to overcome or what you did that that helped you along the way, whether it was like you said, a TV show or a, a music or a reading or something like wrestling, that. wrestling, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something helped you. And that's that's what you got to like focus on. Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean to go, you know, um, I mean, everything seems to draw back to wrestling sometimes. No, okay. But uh, um, I mean, what Roman Reigns went through. Just yeah. Recently. With leukemia. Sure. Leukemia, absolutely. Man. I mean, and I look just, how many like, people now are open to yeah. what he went through and and. You know, and it was, you and know, he shared his his positive mental attitude yeah. when he announced. Yeah, when he announced faith, it. Right, right. Man, that was so touching. It was very yeah. for me to watch. I mean, I, I admit I was tearing up, man. Sure. This absolutely. Real life. That's OK. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's considered fake. That was real. No, life. That was real. And, gets, and to think that know? some people thought that that was fake. I thought eh, that's now yeah. they wouldn't go that far. I mean, they've no. gone. They've gone to some dark places, but they've. I wouldn't. Yeah, especially no. during the attitude era. Right, yeah. they would never go there with something like that. That's no. just too. It's too real, and it happens to too many people. Is what it is. You know, it just it does, and that's the sad thing. But yeah, faith has become. Um, you know, it 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 should be. I mean, if it's not a part of your life, you know, I encourage you to to at least be open to it and to search it out a little bit. You know, search out something that can help you along the way. You know, I think that that's important. Yeah, it's a big, huge, uh, you know, help in my recovery. It's in the, you know, in the steps. Sure. Uh, and, um, you know, what helps, what I enjoy really about AA too is sometimes it's like, you know, like I was saying earlier, sometimes Christians can be worse for you. than The worst, yeah, you know? the worst, yeah, right. But because sometimes it's be like, well, this is the clear cut way and this is what you need to do. Right. And if you're not doing it the exact same way, right. then that's why these things are happening to right. you. And that's just, you know, if you get it's caught not up always in the like mindset, that. that's not how yeah. it works. You not know, it's like our that. personal relationship. God made us all unique. Oh, you know? sure. And, the, and he knows what our ears, you know, how to connect with us and right. how to speak to us and stuff like that. Absolutely. And, uh, man, it's just been, it, it, you know, like I said, it's up and down. I get angry, but at least now I... I'm, there's acknowledgement. We're we're talking. Yeah. Whether it's good and bad and stuff. Right. Um, you know, I I love to keep going with this, but I know we're kind of short on time because you have a we can do part two engagement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but before we wrap up, I want to hit some of the uh, questions that I normally ask sure, my guests absolutely on here. Um, you know, you were mentioning uh, at the round. You know, some of the acts mm -hmm. that you've seen. Uh, oh what yeah. Are some of your top uh, musical artists. Well. That, I'm a little bit of uh, talk about interesting. I'm a little bit obsessed. My number one, um, and I've seen him probably. Well, I'd have to count, but probably about a dozen times now in my life is Billy Joel. Um, don't ask me why. Probably, which isn't interesting because that's a song of his. But um, <laughs> I think because when I was young, it was uh, one of my dad's favorites, and just one of those things. And I just got kind of into him as an artist, you know. And I really have enjoyed his music over the years, and. You know, it's an, it, Billy Joel is an interesting thing because it's some people like it's either you love him or you hate him. You know, I mean, some people are like I can't stand it. You know, but I've always sort of I just I don't know. I've liked the genres he's gone through from I don't know probably what the seventies all the way to today, and it's interesting. I just listened to a a music and uh, questions and answers thing he did in in Miami. I think it was last week actually. It was a week ago yesterday, and uh, you know, and he's like I don't know why anybody pays to see me, which is an interesting thing to say at his age. He's seventy years old now. 
now. But um, I, I love him. I've really enjoyed him over the years. Phil Collins, Genesis. I've enjoyed Genesis over the years. Um, yeah, boy, who doesn't it, love that? Uh, who, who doesn't air drum when uh, right in, in the, the air, air tonight? tonight right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we saw Phil Collins when he was here a couple years ago um, in in Rich or I was gonna say Richfield in uh, downtown. Really, now it was two years ago he was here. Um, you know, and from there it really kind of breaks off. I just enjoy you know James Brown, which is an interesting one as a young white kid in Parma that like James Brown, but I saw James Brown at the front row theater back in 1993. <laughs> Loved it. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't, wasn't really ever big into metal or rap or, you know, or even like into jazz or classical, mostly just the nineties pop, you know, a little bit of rock, a little bit of, you know, a little, I was gonna say, a little bit of rock, a little bit of rap. You know, I think it's interesting how, you know, music, uh, what can I say? Like music genres, uh, in terms of your likes and dislikes necessarily change over the years. But I've always been open to like a lot of different types of music, you know. But when you say like different artists or different ones that you really liked, I said I can go back to Billy Joel, I can go back to Phil Collins, James Brown, way back in the day before he passed away. Um, you know, you know. I mean, I've seen guys like Kid Rock in concert. I've seen the Beach Boys in concert. You know, I mean, it's just you know. So I've kind of gone from top to bottom over the years. I'm not a huge concert guy. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things. I just. You know, because maybe because it's, I go to so many games and yeah. I'm around so many big crowds all big the time. Screaming already, sometimes you know, I'm yeah. just like enjoy being at home. I'll watch a lot of music like on YouTube and on TV and stuff, but it's just like actually physically going to concerts. Sometimes it's like just a little overwhelming for me. So yeah, yeah but. I get that. I get that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you mentioned those artists. Was yeah. there is there a particular song that you you uh, heard from? I mean, either one of those or any song out there that you just that f you feel has inspired you. Well, I mean, Billy Joel, I think A Matter of Trust, which is off the Bridge album from 87, is probably my all time favorite song, which is interesting because it wasn't one of his songs that, you know, is, is a, was never a number one hit or anything like that. Um, trying to think of like Phil Collins. Interesting. One of my favorite Phil Collins is actually Something Happened on the Way to Heaven, which is a. Uh, a very a kind of an eclectic song in terms of again, it doesn't really have a, a deep meaning to it or anything like that. I seem to like all these artists who are atheists, and Billy Joel's an atheist. Phil Collins has no real faith in him. I don't know about James Brown. I think James Brown did before he died. Um, yeah, those are probably those two songs right there. Probably are two that I I enjoy. But as I said, I enjoy the body of work of a lot of those guys. You know, as I said, uh, those guys uh, just seem to have. Uh, you know, Eddie Money, who just passed away, was oh, also yeah. another one I really enjoyed him too. And actually went to broadcasting school with his cousin. Um, oh, wow. He was a younger kid, but he had pictures with him and Eddie Money. And he, you know, when Eddie Money came to Cleveland at one point back in like the mid '90s, I didn't get to go, but he had a group of guys go with him, and I was like, oh, I should have went to that. Um, Survivor, remember Survivor oh, back yeah, in the yeah. '80s with Eye of the, Tiger. the Tiger. That's a great song, but they have a lot of other good songs. A lot of people don't even know they have like a you know their greatest hits album is really good. Um, you know, guys like Queen, you know, ABBA, like I said, the Bee Gees, the Beach Boys. I mean, there's a lot of great music out there that. You know, again, some people won't even be open to it because it's like I can't, I can't let people know I like those bands. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. no, you can, you can. You know, it doesn't. You know, that's why I said, like, if I tell people I like James Brown, they're like, really? You like James Brown? Like, that's a little different, you know. But, you know, I mean, again, you look at the body of work. It was an incredible body of work, you know. And these guys, their whole lives are being rock stars, you know, whether it's in a band or just an individual. So, yeah. Now, um, as we were talking, you know, like you know like you said the peaks and valleys you've been recently mm -hmm. going through 
Is there a, a go-to song when you're not Ooh. having a good day that you kind of... Uh, hmm. You know, like I said, matter of trust. Right I mean, I think it's just you know, it just kind of gets me at least a little bit into a different mood, you know, or different different place. Um, boy, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, be, be, and you know, it is interesting. As I said, as a church, you know, we do a lot of like hymns. You know, we're a Baptist church, so we don't do a lot of the local. We don't do a lot of more modern music. We do a lot of hymns. So there's a lot of like old school hymns. You know. Um, that I enjoy even from church and, and sometimes I'll listen to those even, you know, as I said, my, my taste in music isn't really defined into one area. So, you know, and it's cool because my wife is kind of in the same boat. We both like very different, you know, we'll go in the the car now and, and probably listen to Christmas music and I'll have anything (laughs) from Mariah Carey to Burl Ives, you know what I mean? So it's just, you know, it, that, but yeah, so. Right. Um, so morning ritual. Sure. What's a, regular routine that you have six to seven a.m i'm an early riser i like to be up early because i just i don't know i feel like i've wasted part of the day if i'm not if the at the latest 7 30 quarter to eight you know that's like my normal morning routine um coffee and and i do like to read first thing in the morning um you know because again and again i some people like to read if they read devotional or bibles they like to do it at night i've always been a morning reader um maybe because i feel like it puts me in the right place to get going through the day day, um but i enjoy doing that i feel like something's missing in my day if i don't do that right away first thing in the morning um and that's you know and and when i am a runner i enjoy running um, I tried to do last year when I was, you know, before I got sick, I was doing eh, f- between th- four and say seven miles a day. Right now I'm finally getting back. My stamina is getting back to the point where I can get to about three to three and a half. So if I can, I like to work out first thing in the morning. I just, I hate waiting all day to work out, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, it's easy to lose motivation oh, as the day progresses. Is. And they know? say it, I don't know if this is true because you can read a thousand things, but they, I think they, I've heard it more than I've not that they say we're working out in the morning is better for you. Maybe because it gets your yeah, body. I just feel like it gets too. your body going, you know? Yeah. So to me, coffee, Bible, workout, if I can get those three things in by nine between nine and ten o'clock i feel pretty good about myself you know because of my schedule because of my schedule too i don't have hold on a second hey dog (laughs) we're recording could you just chill (laughs) see that's the problem when you record in a house um because of my schedule it sometimes you know you're at ball games till midnight 1 a.m you know so sometimes um just the battle of getting up early in the morning is a battle you know what i mean but because of the fact that i've been sort of i I guess you could say sort of like locked in the home here for oh for about the last three months since the transplant or two months since the transplant um it's been easy to get back into a routine you know so that's been pretty good but but yeah normal normal morning is coffee bible and, and workout if i can get those three things in I feel like the day's gotten off to a better start. Great. Um, well, we talked about a lot of people that mentored you sure. and stuff like that earlier. Can you uh, um, think of like the three people who've maybe inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to exclude one of them, so I'll have to use them as a group. But my parents, my mom and dad um, have been just amazing. You know, I mean, I couldn't ask for any better parents. They've been, you know, my dad was a police officer for 47 years in Brexville. So he, you know, always had that police background and that kind of kept me grounded. And, you know, I kind of stayed for the most part out of trouble as a youth. Um, my mom, you know,
know, raised the four of us and, you know, she's had some battles with, you know, things like depression and anxiety and things like that. But she's always been, you know, she always says that she's my number one cheerleader. And that always made me feel great, you know, because there were times, you know, there's been plenty of times in 25 years of this business that, you know, it's not necessarily gone smoothly, you know, especially from a fiscal point of view, you know what I mean? There's times that like I couldn't get two nickels to pull together, you know what I mean? So um, I can't really separate them, but my parents would have to be one. Um, as far as the business is concerned, there's there's a lot of, I mean, I could go on for a, a while thanking people or saying, yeah, this person, that person. But I mentioned Tony Rizzo. He's always had a special place to me because he kind of gave me my start in terms of he wasn't afraid to allow me to come on the air and talk. And, you know, even when I was tongue tied as a 19 year old, and that was kind of cool that he would allow a young kid to do that. But getting to know Tony, knowing now knowing Mike Rizzo, his son, who, uh, you know, I see at games all the time. Matter of fact, I just talked to him the other day. Um, you know, it's kind of cool because I kind of want it, it's it's interesting because, you know, as Tony was my mentor, I've tried to help Mike out, you know what I mean? Yeah. And try to be kind of there for him throughout some of the struggles he's had. So um, it, from a business perspective, Tony, from a from a, uh, you know, a, a, whether it's a place of faith or a place of, you know, just trying to be a good person, my parents would have to be in there. And, you know, and, you know, my wife and I, be, you know, I, I got to mention my wife because she's been just a rock for me the last year. You know, I mean, there's been plenty of days where it's not been rainbows and puppy dogs throughout this cancer thing. It's been, you know, not feeling good or even being sick or being tired or just, you know, or when I don't want to go to an appointment or I don't want to go down to Sidemen and go to the cancer center. You know, it it, it drains you, you know, being sick kind of drains you a little bit, yeah, yeah. you know, and she's always been uplifting. She's never, you know, she understands. And, and we talked about this earlier when it comes to like faith or religion or whatever you want to refer to it as is sometimes you just need somebody there to listen. Well, that's been her I mean she's always been there to listen and I think that you know I found somebody in my life who you know understands me but also is not she doesn't you know she's she's just there you know and she's there from the from the listening perspective she's there from the perspective of not um you know beating me up per se especially during times when you know it uh, you know, I played feel sorry for me throughout this cancer thing once in a while, you know, because you're sometimes you're, yeah, you got to you know? be bad. You know, sometimes it's, you know, as much as you want to be inspirational, sometimes you just got to take a step back and go, gosh, this sucks, you know? And I think we'd all, you know, we've all done that, especially people who have gone through it. We've all done that. As I said earlier, I can't even imagine. And that's why, as I said, I never try to downplay other people's illnesses. I never, I, I couldn't imagine somebody who um, has gone through this for years, you know, you know, there's yeah. people that that battled through cancer for three, four, five, six, seven, ten years. You know, I went through nine months. You know, and I'm in remission, and I think you know we're going to come out of this thing okay. But, um, you know, I, I that's why I said I I don't ever want to sit here and downplay what other people have gone through. Whether it could be cancer, it could be another illness that you know has stopped them from doing things. You know, the, I think the ones that I was we were listening on the way home to something on the radio, and they were talking about oh the gentleman who. Um, founder of that ice bucket challenge just passed away and of course they were saying well what do we raise money for we raise money for lou gehrig's disease i mean talk about a disease that just takes your life away from you you know i mean they said that at the end the only way he could communicate was through blinking 
It's like, man, could you imagine that? I mean, you know, and again, that's why, like, it's just, it just breaks your heart. You know what I mean? And, you know, or, I mean, I'm the type of person that if I'm at a store or if I'm somewhere and I see, like, a young person, maybe they're 15 or 10 or 12 or whatever, if I see that person in a wheelchair, I just begin to get emotional, you know, because it's like, for me, it's like, I can't even imagine, you know, you talk about, you know, having a physical ability to walk or physical ability to go out and, you know, shoot hoops or go play football with your friends or do whatever we did is when we were young i can't even imagine being that age and not having that ability yeah, you know i know you know as much as uh, my teenage daughters can drive me nuts <laughs> you see moments like that and you're just like wow you're just so grateful that and blessed with yeah it, kids, yeah you know? it's crazy and you know as i said earlier you think about it and we all are we you know it's the, you know like the song like i said earlier him at the church you know count your blessings you know and it's like count your blessings name them one by one you know count your blessings see what god has done we forget about it all that i forget about it we all do all the time you know what i mean it's just the you know and sometimes i get up in the morning and if i'm thinking about it and i'm in the right mindset the first thing i'll think of is you know lord thank you for just the ability to get up and stand and walk you know what i mean when a lot of people don't have it and you've seen it you've seen yeah. it firsthand i'm sure um next question going sure. along uh what what would you want your legacy to be um you know, I haven't really thought about it because I feel like I'm in the race. So I don't, you know, I don't really sit back and think about it. But I guess if, you know, today was my last day, I would probably want people to, you know, I would want to be remembered for kindness. But I guess I'd also want to be remembered, as we, we've talked about a number of times, as somebody who at least, you know, tried to be, tried to always do the right thing, you know, um, maybe whether it's through, as I said, an inspirational word or trying to, you know, help other people out, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in self because we all do it, yeah. you know, um, and unfortunately, this is not a great time in our, in, in, in the world to, you know, we all talk about, oh, we, you know, I want to be, rem- I want to help others. I want to do that. But not many people do. No. I'm guilty of it, too. I don't. I should do it more. But I think what I was trying, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, if you think about it, it's probably the first step to moving forward and doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I want to I want to try to improve on that as I hopefully get healthier and continue to move forward. But. You know, yeah, I mean, I always I always try to I'm, I talked earlier about character and not trying to burn bridges and all that other type of stuff. And I really like, you know, and as I said, this year has been so revealing. I was just having lunch the other day um, talking to somebody and, you know, and I said it's this year has been so different in that, you know, it's been about me taking a step back and seeing other people and how you know, they've all said, Oh, I remember when you helped me with this. Or I remember when you did, you know, like a, a young kid, uh, like who worked at, at 92 threes, like, yeah, I remember, you know, I was working on the board and you came in and you helped me and da 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 da. And I'm like, well, I don't remember that, you know, but I'm glad I did it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I always want to be remembered. I, I would love to be remembered just as somebody who wanted to help others and, and maybe should go. And as I said, maybe that's something I need to focus more on. Maybe that's something that the Lord's opened my eyes to is, is trying to be more in tune with helping out other people good and we talked a lot earlier about wrestlers oh excuse me and i think i probably already know your answer but i sure. always ask who's your favorite wrestler probably would have to be the hulk i mean yeah. i don't know again if you were if you were young and you liked wrestling back around the mid 80s i don't know i don't know how you couldn't you know i i hear I, 
you know, and I don't want to start getting into all this. We don't have time, but maybe at some point we will. But, you know, you hear all these people now who, oh, I don't forgive Hulk for what he did when he did this or when he talked about, you know, when he said racist terms and all this other type of stuff. But I'm just like, I, I have a hard time. First of all, I believe, number one, you should forgive. But also, number two, like, I, I mean, I've seen, you know, the Make-A-Wish stuff and I've seen, you know, all these pictures and magazines of him at hospitals and all that other type of stuff. I have a hard time believing that he hasn't, made a positive impact on a lot of people's lives yeah. whether it's just from being an entertainer or touching people in terms of like you know what he's done and been able to do with people at, at different places and hospitals and things like that so yeah i would think he'd have to be at the top of the list that would be hard that would be a tough one not to not yeah, to yeah. not to name he's and, a human being like us we all make well mistakes. we've all made mistakes and, through, and you know and it, i'm sure i'm sure if you got a chance to ask him i'm sure he would tell you while it's embarrassing and i'm sure that it's not something he's proud of i'm sure it's made him a better person now you know yeah. i mean and that, 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 whenever you make a mistake in your life that should be the thing that eventually it it becomes is maybe it becomes a positive you know so i'm sure in his life hopefully that's that's been the case too but yeah hogan was everything when i was growing up and it's hard to look at him in the light now of being this old you know kind of yeah. almost broken down guy i he's mean my immortal, goodness you know? he's immortal yeah I, I but i mean you know going going along when you're young and and you know following him in wrestling and and all that other type of stuff and just hearing those those you know the quote unquote core values all the time that he addressed i i that was pretty cool you know yeah, definitely, definitely it's not something people really hone us in on and focus on now which you know maybe they, they should i don't know yeah so any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Be safe. We love you. We, we, we pray for you all the time and just, uh, you know, just come back to us safely. You know, I know a lot of, I know my brothers, two of my three brothers were in the military. My dad was in the military. I have a great deep respect, profound faith for those people and, and prayers for those people that are doing that because you're doing it for us and, you know, the reason why we're able to walk around and talk about wrestling on podcasts is because of you guys and girls, you know what I mean? So um, just be safe and hopefully return back to us. That's all I can say. Awesome. Thanks. So if anybody wants to uh, see some of your work, where would you send them? I would just say, well, you know, again, not not to harp on social media, but at Twitter, at Matt Lodi, M-A-T-T-L-O-E-D-E. Um, you know, Facebook is another place, but more I, I throw more people to Twitter because that's a public forum where you don't have to be friends with me. You can just look me up and, you know, so on and so forth. Or, um, you know, if you go to Sports Illustrated and look up the Indians page, that'll that'll be that'll be the page I'm I'm the editor of this year. So you can check that out as well. So si.com uh, slash Indians. Awesome. Awesome. So one last thing before sure. we uh, end here, I always ask everybody if you could maybe cut a promo ID for the radio show. Uh, what what are we calling this again? Uh, today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland. Today's Radio. Boondoggle. What does Boondoggle mean? Uh, well, we'll Google it. All <laughs> right, I'll figure it out. All right. Um, okay, so it's it would like be introduce uh, yourself. Yeah, and you're listening to. Okay. You know. Hey, this is Matt Lodi, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. <laughs> Let me do it one more time. <laughs> hey, this is Matt Lodi, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle on DomainCleveland.com. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks a lot, Matt. One, two, one, two, three, four. Some love is just a lie of the heart. The 
Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland.